the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin Estate in the west end of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, January the 17th. Uh, as we record this, Pitt uh, is starting to get geared up, um, shooting the ball um, against NC State, which I thought was funny that how, how horrible they've been shooting the ball lately. Um, and then I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to turn this on because I want to see what this is like. And literally, as I turned it on, Michael Young hit a three. And I was like, oh, well, good to see things haven't changed. Um, anyway, we are going to talk Virginia basketball. Um, I'm going to leave open a window for Virginia football and recruiting at the end. But we'll see uh, see where the conversation takes us. Let's go around and introduce everybody. Out in Fishersville, David Spence is back on the podcast. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you, Brad. David Spence, who days on the board at who days on Twitter. And staff writer Justin Ferber has gotten over the plague and is back on the show as well. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you, Brad. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. That was my Dave impression. It was, I know. Thanks, appreciate it. Cavs Quarter, also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, So, yeah, since the last time we were all together, lots of things have happened. Um, Virginia goes down to Clemson, obviously, this past weekend and gets a win, uh, a game that, that I broke down on the site today, though, as many of you listened to this, it was yesterday. Um, generally speaking, I think it was a game that Virginia should have won by, you know, 10 or 11. Um, but they just couldn't, they couldn't stop giving up points in the paint and they couldn't stop turning the ball over. And it's a good thing that they shot the lights out. Uh, Mariel Shaq goes for 17, tying a career high for the second straight game. He basically did all this. I don't know if you guys checked out the rewatch thread. He basically did it all between the 9-13 mark of the first half and, like, the 7-something mark of the second half. So, I mean, he basically did it all within, like, uh, basically a half, which is not that big a deal for a lot of teams. But for, for a kid from Virginia to score 17 points and a half is pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Um, but, but, really, London Perantis was the one that got him home. Um, some big shots late. That drive um, in the last, what, minute or two um, – where he, he gets to the rim. I really thought there was enough contact to call a foul. Um, I thought it was kind of poetic he, after the kind of the woofing back and forth with Blossom game that he, he scored it over Blossom game. Um, but anyway, I thought it was a gutsy effort and certainly a game that some Virginia teams have lost in the past and, and the way Virginia started on the road last year. Um, hard to argue with that. But um, overall, I think that, uh, that that's a solid uh, – it's a solid win, at least in terms of what Virginia wants to do. But I think that the defensive issues and certainly the turnovers leave a bad taste in your mouth, and, and, you, and you, you know you can't continue to, to play that way. What did you guys think of the Clemson win? And, and, and let's, let, we'll start there. Dave, what do you think? What are some of your general thoughts um, about that game Saturday and, and maybe even how it sort of helps you project things for UVA going forward? I don't know if it helps me project anything. I mean, I think every year you have a game or, game or two you win that, is kind of, you know, not like how you normally win other games. And I mean, the Clemson game was just, I, I believe, I don't have those stats in front of me, but I believe Virginia shot 70% from three in the second half. Um, and if they didn't, they probably would have lost. So right. it's just, it's just one of those games that, and I may have mentioned this before, We'll make a football parallel when, when Bronco talks about how the, the football team just doesn't know how to win yet. Um, you know, the basketball team does, and, you know, that's a game that they're, you know, Clemson's playing well, we're turning the ball over, not only we're turning it over, but we're turning it over resulting in fast break points, which is just lethal for Virginia, because not only do you lose your offensive possession, 
you don't get a chance to set your defense. Um, and despite that, they managed to shoot lights out um, and pull off a win on the road in the ACC. So I think it's one you just you, you hope you fix those issues, but you're glad you were able to win that game, especially with it being on the road. Ferber, what do you think? Do you did what do you, what do you, what were some of your thoughts coming out of that game, and then also were were you able to kind of project anything from this going forward for UVA? Uh, not yeah. I mean, I'm with Dave. I think it's kind of it's an anomaly of a game, but it kind of the way that it ended up was pretty much how I thought it would. I thought it'd come down in the last few possessions. Um, Clemson's a pretty good team. I mean, obviously they lost that Georgia Tech game, but they're they're not as bad as that game probably indicates. Um, Tough place to go win. Uh, you know, it's always a tough place in the ACC to go, um, especially if you're a good team. It feels like they beat a lot of ranked teams there. Um, I think that the shooting um, and offensive efficiency was promising. Um, I don't think you're going to get that every night. But the, uh, I mean, one of my big complaints about this team is that um, it seemed too much like people were on the offensive end of the floor a little too passive. And it felt like this game, uh, they were the shots started to go, and then once they started to go, the team got more aggressive because of that. And I thought that was good to see. I mean, overall, I think that UVA is exactly what I thought they would be. You know, even just a couple of weeks ago, so um, they're going to be one of the better teams in the league. Um, they're probably going to drop a few games here and there, uh, but they're also going to get the best out of some teams um, at home, and then you know go out and win games like this on the road, and they're going to be fine. I think um, in rewatching it today, something that, that stood out to me, and, and you guys chime in here if you agree, disagree, what have you. But one thing I, I was thinking as I was watching this thing unfold is that there were several moments I thought where Virginia was kind of in a position to, to I don't want to say cavalanche, but they were definitely in a position to, to kind of to put it to bed, right? And then it kind of felt like either Clemson would make a play or Virginia would make a mistake. But at the same time, Virginia always made another play. And another play. And I think that is one of the toughest things in sports is when you can't quite put a team away, but yet you can continue to make plays to kind of keep either keep the lead or never give up or, or never fall behind. So there were several times where they tied it. That Blossom game and one uh, late ties it up 70-70. I would have bet the farm at that moment that Virginia was going to lose that game. And yet they kind of cruised, Right. And why did they do that? Because they made shots and Clemson didn't. And Clemson had looks. I mean, DeVoe has one. Grantham has one. They just couldn't knock them down, and then Virginia got rebounds. Um, but the thing that I, that I kept coming back to, I, I don't know. We talked about this on a previous podcast about how, like, how crazy is the league and are we, are we kind of talking it up a little too much. And the more I watch ACC basketball this year, the more I'm convinced that it doesn't matter how you win. Like, Literally, in this year, it just doesn't, you, doesn't, doesn't matter. It, and it doesn't mean a hill of nothing to the next game. It's like each of these is like this little, like little um, in old WWF parlance, it was like a you know, winner-go-home match. You, know? like you didn't care how you figure it out. How, it didn't have to be pretty. It didn't have to be, you just got to get it done. You just got to find a way. And that's kind of what that game was like to me. And I'm interested to see if the rest of the season sort of plays out like that because, man, these kids are going to be dead tired. By the end of the ACC season, I don't mean just UVA's team. I mean the league in general. If if every situation is that pressure filled, you know, I mean, you think like, oh, they're preparing them uh, for 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 what's to come, man. But like, it's almost like each game is its own little entity, and you can't really 
extrapolate out much about something else compared to, to what you saw. Like, I mean, you see Pitt go out and, and, and shoot the way that they did against UVA, and then, then that impacts the numbers, which makes you think, man, you know, UVA really is, is, is hurting from three-point land, and they were early in that Wake Forest game, and then all of a sudden they weren't. And then you see what Pitt did, Pitt did after that. I mean, like, you know, could hit a broadsword or a barn. Um, I, I just wonder if this season is its own little entity, right, its own little anomaly. And, like, basically each game um, only means anything to that game. And then you just move on with life. And you just have to find ways to win. It, more so than other years where you could, like, you could say, well, watching them against th- Team X or watching them against Team Y, you learn this and that about them. I just don't know, week to week, game to game, what we can really um, ascertain about this this league. I mean, I just wonder if if each one of these things isn't like its own uh, its own thing, and that's why the ACC is weird. The good old hashtag. What do you guys think? Do you, do you get do you see anything of, of where I'm coming from on this? I do. I mean, I, we talked about it a little bit last week. It's you know, it, it's just a league, and it's it's not just the ACC. You want, you see the same thing in other leagues too. It's just, I don't mean to you know simplify it too much, but it, it's what it comes down to is just the importance of the three point shot. I don't think you know teams are going to have nights like Virginia had, and they're going to have nights like Pitt had against Virginia, um, and that's the ultimate equalizer. Um, heck, even even the win Saturday. Um, it was Saturday, right? <laughs> Whatever day it was um, against Clemson. You mentioned the and one that the Blossom game had, I believe, didn't London hit a three right after that? Literally, yeah, it was the next position. Yeah, yeah. but it wasn't a great look. Um, two of the threes he hit down the stretch were like contested threes late in the shot clock. So the off, it didn't matter. The offense couldn't generate a good look in 30 seconds, but at the buzzer, talent just overcame and when you have as much talent as there is in the ACC it's just going to happen on a nightly basis what three games in a row I think it's Virginia's allowed a 20 point score so there's a lot of individual talent um, and no team with a true dominant big Uh, the one the one take home I had after the game Clemson with the Clemson game which kind of hit me for the first time this year was just how how good Anthony Gill was and how for how much we took him for granted because he could stay in a game like against a team like Clemson he was athletic enough to play against those smaller teams and still be dominant um, without picking up fouls. So well, I think though he was small enough that he could offensively give you like Wilkins. Wilkins is doing a poor man's AG right now, and the sense the, what I mean by that is he's able to maybe every once in a while knock down a mid range jumper. But realistically, everything he gets is at the bucket. AG could give you could could do that catch and lean and then dribble to yep. the rim. Um, Wilkins is not that guy. But at the same time, I don't mean to be speaking ill of those who have gone on to the professional ranks, but like he was just not. I mean, I, I get like Isaiah sometimes has his moments defensively where he's a little bit tough. I mean, y'all remember Gil had some games, man, where he would just do some Olay stuff. I mean, just like. No, but yeah, dudes yeah. like Grant. So I mean, he it wasn't like he was this dominant defender, et cetera, et cetera. But you're right; he could play in games like that because offensively, he was small enough where he could do, small enough where he could um, he could still play with the guards, big enough where he could overpower them on the other end, but also um, strong enough where he could play with bigger guys. And I think that's the thing that if you look at it 
you made the point about them. You know, there's really no dominant center, right? The league not having bigs is each team handles that a little bit different, right? Some teams try to go with a smaller big who isn't quite as big. Some teams have a lot of length, but they don't necessarily have dominance, right? Some teams have a lot of six, seven, six, eight dudes, and they throw them all out there at once. And I wonder if some of the like helter skelterness of the league is also just the weirdness of matchups. You know, like for example, when you play a pack line defense and you play uh, against a team that has a bunch of six, seven, eight, six, seven, six, eight guys who can shoot, you're going to be in a world of hurt if they hit shots, right? But if you're long and athletic and you play a regular man-to-man, or you play, if you're long and athletic and you can sometimes play a little 2-3 zone, then sometimes that, that, that's mitigated a little bit. So I feel like a lot of this is just matchups, and a lot of it is, like you said, just you know, teams adjusting to the talent they have. For what do you think? Chime in here. What, do you, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on, on this whole uh, potential uh, year, year of the crazy that, that, that we're all kind of uh, talking about? Yeah, nobody has any bigs because Florida State has all of them. <laughs> Florida State and Carolina have all the bigs. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, there's a few teams with dominant post players in the country. <laughs> so, I mean, nowadays that's almost – it's just rare. You have so many more guys that want to spread the – you know, as you know, even as bigs, like they're almost playing like guards. Um, you know, there's a, there was a time when someone like Michael Young uh, for Pitt – would have been a back to the, strictly a back to the basket player, and he's not that, um, which is good for them because it gives them versatility. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's kind of like the, the pack line is designed to keep teams from getting easy shots around the rim. But right now, that's not how teams are playing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they match up with a team like Notre Dame that doesn't really have a big. Um, they're just going to spread you out. Uh, I mean, at the same time, if you can develop a, a solid interior score, it's a huge advantage. So, um, I mean, obviously, they're still going to play some teams with, with talented bigs. Um, Dukes are talented, but young. North Carolina's, obviously, everybody knows those guys. Um, and then there's a couple other teams with interesting matchups, at least. But um, it'll be interesting to see how. Yeah, I think, I mean, even if you look at it, two other random teams playing each other, how those teams match up, it's not typically how old school basketball is played that's a good point about michael young and it being a back to the basket guy one thing that i thought of as i watched the clemson game again today was how when virginia was able to stay when when virginia was able to get shayot going and they had to move blossom game over on him how how like just porous their defense was and and virginia could attack it with its bigs it's the first time i all season long that i can think of where I saw Virginia making hay because they had two bigs in the game. Um, and I think you're right. I think for a lot of teams, they, they've basically tried to deal with not having a big man by um, having a bigger guy who can do more stuff, but also relying on, on just jumpers. You know? and, and the whole idea of the pack line, um, you know, you're taking away the easier shot. Well, for a lot of these guys, a three-point shot ain't that bad. You know, like they're – you know, it's a it's a rhythm thing. You hit you hit one or two, or you or you kind of get yourself going a little bit, um, and and like as that pit game kind of personified, like you just get rolling. And I wonder if maybe Tony going with uh, Dre and Jay, um, two kind of guys that he typically wouldn't go after. You know, like positionless, um, maybe not great defenders, better better shooters with length. Like that's not hasn't been necessarily his thing. 
he's gotten he's gone after some some really big wings, right? Thick, uh, athletic guys, but he hasn't necessarily gone after a, a host of really long, kind of wiry guys. Um, and I wonder if that's not the perfect transition because next year, and 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 I, my apologies to whoever that guy is on the board who's always saying I you know I hype people up, but like if you think about the future. As the game is going to change, or continues to change, rather, right, and teams are just being able to put out a whole bunch of three-point shooters, where Virginia's going to be able to do the same thing. But they're also defensively still going to have guys who, who can move, and I think that's going to be an important kind of piece of the puzzle. I, I really think this is the worst year to not have length. Because when Mamadi gets it right, when Mamadi is, uh, is, 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 is dialed in and playing well, like, they're very, very scary. Um, they can play good defense, and they can certainly play some good offense. The problem is, is that he, you know he's still he's still trying to adjust and 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 get where he needs to be. Um, let's since the this one this podcast will post tomorrow. Um, so as people listen to this, the B- BC game will be in a, in a few hours. Let's talk a little bit about BC. Anybody watched the BC game this year? Yes, I've actually seen him play. Yeah. Like a whole game? Like you watched an entire BC game? No, no, I think I watched the second half. Uh, Basketball? Were they playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they play a couple early last week. Um, not the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have not watched much of them. I watched a little bit of of, of the of the uh, of the Eagles. I have to say, I'm really impressed with Jim Christian. And if it wasn't for uh, old uh, Josh Pastner, I mean, I guess when 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 the bar is so is set so low. <laughs> <laughs> you can clear it pretty easily. Um, but if it wasn't for Josh, I mean, you'd have to think Jim Christian, even as his team sits two and three in league play, would be an early candidate for coach of the year if Mike Bray's team wasn't undefeated in league play. Um, I think Godfrey's going to make a run, though. <laughs> I don't even want to yeah. know what's happening in that game. Um, we, we, <laughs> we, said, we said last week we would stop talking about things that were happening live because whatever we said at the beginning of the podcast, either that nobody lost that we said was cruising, right? They, it just got a whole lot closer. Than got we very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Godfrey so, wasn't coaching either one of those either. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, so Ken Palm has this one at seventy fifty six. Uh, has Boston College with a ten percent chance to win. I was a little surprised given how well they score the ball, uh, or well, I guess how well I thought they scored. Um, to see that they don't really score it that well, or maybe they just don't do it efficiently. What do we think of, of, of BC right now? Ferber, let's start with you. Uh, and, and apologies to those of you who have read Ferber's preview at this point. Um, <laughs> if, he, if he spoils the whole thing here in a second and, and you're just hearing it twice, that's the loveliness of the schedule. But what, uh, what do you, what do you, what's your vibe on, on, Bo- on Boston College right now, Justin? Um, I mean, they're not good. Like, let's not – I'm not saying that to be disparaging either. It's just like I don't want people to think that they're really good or something. Like this would be a really bad loss. Um, but they're not as bad as people thought they were going to be. That's fair. I think that's fair. I think that they've, they're they better than – I mean I'm like pleasantly surprised. Um, I mean you look at what they've done in ACC play. They, they whacked Syracuse at home. Uh, no idea how that happened. Didn't watch that game. Um, and they scored 96 points in that game. Um, you know, they lose to Wake on the road pretty candily. Uh, they lose to Duke on the road by 11. Um, 
They beat NC State at home, and then they lose away from home. They get killed by Syracuse. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with them in Syracuse, but that's a weird matchup. It's like they um, roll. It's like they roll dice and they're like, all right, today you get to suck. Go ahead. Well, I think what it is is they're decent at home and terrible on the road. I mean, if you look at their road games, all their road losses are by a lot. Yeah, um, it, it seems. Um, I don't think they have a win away from home yet. Yeah, they beat Auburn on a neutral floor by one. Um, but that's it. I mean, like literally every other game they played away from home, neutral or away is a loss. Um, so obviously this one won't be in Charlottesville. It'll be in the Conti Forum. Uh, which is one of those places where it's like there's it's dead, but that sometimes works against you. Um, you know, offensively they're not that great. Um, very pedestrian on the defensive end. They do uh, a pretty good job on the glass um, on the defensive end of the like they don't allow offensive rebounds. Um, defend that three really well. Uh, yeah, that other three than point that, number was really would really jumped out to me. Yeah, that that they, they defended as well as they do. They turn the ball over a lot on offense. Um, they play pretty fast. Uh, get a, you know, they're going to turn the ball over. Um, I'm still not sure I can. They shoot, they shoot from three uh, a little. They shoot from three pretty well, thirty-seven point seven percent. So, I'm still not sure I can live in a world where uh, where BC is one of the top fifty or so offenses in the. I mean, excuse me, uh, tempos in the country. I, mean, I just yeah. I miss. I'll be like, wait, what? Um, well, also, it's like they doubled. I, I hate when I see teams that play fast and their efficiency is really bad because it's like you're just running down and missing shots and yep, running down and missing exactly. shots. At least play slower and then, <laughs> you know, make the game a little, you know, make the game a little bit more random. Right, right. One thing I loved about this on the on Kimpom site was when they went to defensive fingerprint and it just says inconclusive. And I mm-hmm. wanted to be like, oh, you mean like inconclusive that they play defense? Um <laughs> You know that the good teams usually don't say inconclusive. Yeah. Um, what? But but the thing, the funny thing about this, and and the preview will will uh, as we talk to you from the future or the past or whatever, um, it's going to be a devil of a time, kind of breaking down who these guys even are. I mean, Jerome Robinson and, and Kai Bowman were both there, um, but the Tava kid wasn't there, and the Chapman kid was at BYU, uh, and the Jeffer- Jeffers kid was is a graduate transfer as well. Um, so I mean, they got like a, they got a whole bunch of guys. I mean, Garland Owens is like literally the only dude on the team who I, I recognize in terms of his name. Um, I mean, if you look at it, the 2015-2016 team, and then compare that to the twenty, I mean, like in, it, there's a whole lot that's different about this this program. Um, so it is very, it's, it's strange to me. Well, one, it's strange not to see Dennis Clifford out there, but um, it's just strange to me how the turnover it just seems really weird and. And so I wonder what that's like for preparation purposes um, when you're playing all part. I mean, typically in, in conference play, one of the things you have a leg up on is that you've you faced this this coach and this and some of these same players before. And so you have a feel for personnel. I mean, who the hell has a feel for this? You know, like the Robinson kid played last year. Right. I mean, he's having a, I mean, that kid's actually not having a bad year. Don't get me wrong. Um, he played last year. Did he play against UVA? Did not play against UVA. Um so, you know, who – I'm not real sure what to make of, of – of AJ this. Turner played, I think, right? Uh, I believe you're right. Uh, not the running back from Centerville that went to <laughs> South Carolina. Uh, yeah, he played uh, a total of uh, 36 minutes in that game. Hmm, good to know. Anyway, 
Um, but yeah, slowing down Robinson is going to be a point. I think the bigger thing is is that this is this is one of those games where Virginia's going to have to be itself, right? Uh, play well on the glass. Um, you know, don't don't let don't let the team speed you up. Um, and I know with the with the added offensive kind of um, um, uh, flavor that UVA has had in the last maybe a few weeks that. It's, it's it does feel maybe you guys correct me here if you if you disagree but I feel like it 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 seems like this team wouldn't mind sometimes getting into a little bit of a track meet, um, and that they sometimes pull it off pull, pull it back because they 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 they're, they're told to but like it, if there was a time for a Virginia team to get real sped up this might be it because you got Shayok and Ferrantes both feeling it. Um, what do you, what's your expectation? For this game, it certainly seems like to me, having looked at some of these numbers, I mean, I just can't see Virginia losing uh, to a team that lost to Richmond, that lost to Harvard, that lost to Hartford. Back to back. back, that's, to back. I think that's that's one of the funniest things about doing the preview is I saw that they played Hartford and Harvard back to back and lost both. I mean, I guess it's one of those deals, too, where like you have such low expectations. So then a guy wins two games and all of a sudden you feel like they're good, but they're not good. They're nine and nine on the year. Um, they've got losses to, like I said, to, to Hartford, currently 322nd in Kim Palm's rankings, to Nichols State, 295th, uh, and then I guess you could say Fairfield at 187, which it seems uh, seems like a great, a good win for them. I mean, a good, a good loss in, in a way. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I just, I kind of feel like, like for, to Ferber's point, like Connie Form is, as I joked before, previously, where good teams go to die. Um, Virginia's going to have to bring its own energy, going to have to match that. Cavaliers have had some weird starts this year, some times where they look great coming out of the gate and then some ga- games where they look totally disinterested. Um, I'll be interested to see how, how they actually come out. Dave, what do you think? What's your gut tell you about this uh, Boston College game? It, I mean, I think Boston College, is their, their best advantage is this game is there. Um, if this was a game at UVA, I don't I don't know that the 15-point spread would, wouldn't be 20. Um they are so they're so guard dependent with Bowman and Robinson, and then you know Turner's kind of the distributor, even though he's he's bigger than those guys. Um, and their big men are pretty much, you know, they're they're not scoring threats. I just think the personnel Virginia has this is probably the best matchup. You know, you look at you know Bowman, uh, sorry, Robinson, I believe. Which one is a little point guard, Robinson or Bowman? I get them mixed up. Um, I think Bowman's a smaller of the two. Anyway, the first yeah, Robinson's <laughs> like a six-five wing. Yeah, so Bowman's like six feet. So you know, he's a good matchup for whoever's playing the point. Um, Devin should do well uh, against Robinson, and then Turner's a guy who would probably be covered by Shayok and Wilkins, um, just because he's a little bit longer. But you know, it's they're they're guys. You know, they're they're guard oriented, so they're going to shoot a lot of a lot of jump shots and drive. So. Who knows? I mean, if they get hot, they can certainly beat you. Um, you're right. It's it's weird. They won their two home ACC games by an average of double digits, and they've lost all three on the road by double digits. So it's very heck. Um, I just said heckle and jod, <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde of this team um, this year. But yeah, Connie Forum is just so weird, man. Um, I think empty's the word you're looking for. Yeah, I, I just don't see. I don't see Virginia, you know, coming out flat for this one just because I don't think London's going to let that happen anymore. You've seen more fire at him the last few games than you've seen at any point, um, you know, short of a tournament run. 
but yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're just not, they're a weird team. I know people keep talking about how good they are defending the three, but they haven't exactly played the best three point shooting teams in the conference either. So it's a little skewed. You know, Duke is the one team they've played that can shoot the three well, and I think Duke shot almost forty percent that game against them. Um, so it's it's a game Virginia should win. Um, probably one of the easy, if it's probably the easiest game left on the schedule. Um, one you can't afford to lose with what's coming up. Well, I think that's a good point. I mean, we've we've talked about this before, but Virginia's schedule. <laughs> oh boy, the Virginia schedule. Uh, following this game, okay, they get they get uh, Georgia Tech at home Saturday night, and then Tuesday they get to go to Notre Dame before Sunday going to Villanova, and then Wednesday coming back home for Tech, and then the following Saturday going to Syracuse, who who the hell knows what they are right now. All right, then they get Louisville at home for Big Monday on the February the sixth. They go to uh, Virginia Tech later in that on that Saturday, so they're going to play Tech twice in the, in eleven days. They're going to get Duke at home uh, on the day after. What is it? February fourteenth is Valentine's Day, right? So they get on the fifth on the fifteenth. Then they go to Carolina on that Saturday. They go. To, they get Miami at home on the Monday. Uh, then they got to go to NC State, which garbage. And uh, then they get Carolina at home uh, two days later. And then they close out the season with Pitt, who, because who knows how well the Panthers will shoot that night. That is quite the. Uh, the last uh, what, however many games to the end of the spurt. I mean that is that is a, that is a gauntlet. Now you do have a couple games in there that are seriously winnable. I mean that Syracuse game, the Louisville game. I would say both Tech games, maybe even the Miami game. But it's the it's the way that the thing breaks with travel and and time frames. It's tough. I mean there really are no consistent breaks for them if you think about it. Um, they're not, you know, what that that five days between the Miami game uh, and that North Carolina State game on the February twenty fifth. That's really it. Uh, it's going to be a a challenging uh, schedule to say the least. So yeah, you're right. They got to get they got to find a way to get this one and and the, and the Georgia Tech game. Um, in in order to kind of it's almost it's funny. It's like um, I mean the poli sci major in me wants to say it's like a election night. Like you need to you know get the votes in early that you know you're going to get. And then have to hold on. Like that's kind of the way this season works. You know, you you, you kind of need to get some wins now, um, knowing that it's going to be tough to get them uh, later on. But interestingly enough, right now, Ken Palm at least projection wise has Virginia losing at Villanova, um, and then losing to North Carolina. But every game otherwise is a projected win. Um, in the, up in the nineties for Boston College, Georgia Tech. You're talking in the uh, upper eighties for Virginia Tech. Uh, he even has them as a fifty as a one point win. Uh, in, in Notre Dame right now. Um, be inter- I think that's going to be a, a really fascinating sort of game um, because, as you said, like they don't really have a big. So what are you going to do? Um, Bonzi Colson is not really a big. So it, it is a challenging kind of slate, and it's going to be uh, quite uh, quite a feat for Virginia to have to put together the kind of run this year that they've had uh, in seasons past. Um, I just, man, the ACC is so. Is so crazy. Like it's almost like on a like you're going matchup by matchup, and one one little like one little course correction within one game can can be pretty huge. I mean, all you need is like I don't know Sheldon Jeter to hit three threes, and all of a sudden it's a completely different animal. Um, so I, I I'm not really sure what I mean. If somebody asked me like, oh, pick those games, I don't even know. Like, what are you supposed to do with that? I don't know. Um, it's just gonna be a crazy crazy year. And certainly, I think these these games are are gonna be. Uh, 
integral before they start that stretch. Um, last thing before we kind of wrap up here, I'm curious to get sort of what your long-term prognosis is. Um, I think it's natural for us as, as folks who watch these games and, and clearly keep up with what's going on um, to maybe not have a like uh, TikTok of like how we feel per se about the, like the program, but there's lots of conversation on the message board and stuff about that and you know the future and stuff. And I'm just curious, it, maybe I want to try to make us take a second to think about it. Um, how do you feel about the rest of Virginia's season and sort of where the team is in terms of uh, the future and setting itself up for for going forward? Um, I know I just kind of sprung this question on you, but that's what I like to do. Uh, who wants to go first? Don't everybody say yes at once. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. What, what What is your current feel on this team, and how do you feel about them as a program going forward? Let's kind of get, let's get just like a temperature check. I mean, a current feel better than it was a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, I really like what Shayok has brought to the lineup. You know, I know starters are kind of interchangeable the way the way we mix, but I, I like the way he's starting the games. Um, you know, Kyle seems to be responding better coming off the bench. Um, look, it's not ideal. It we've still got deficiencies. Um, I think a lot of that the way the game. I don't want to get into complaining about referees, but I'm going to complain about referees for a second. The game we played Saturday against Clemson, um, please, it was Saturday, right? I keep saying Saturday. Yes, it was Saturday. Um, was- okay, thank you. Now I feel better. Um, that was the weirdest officiated game I've seen all year. Like, So our bigs were, get, were getting fouled calls on stuff that they haven't gotten. Um, and, you know, that affects, that will affect every team when, when that happens. So, um, that said, our bigs are so inconsistent <clears throat> that, you know, we're, we're going to become, we're going to rely on, you know, the, the London and Mariel, um, a lot. And then Devin continues to play well. So given where we were two weeks ago, I'm pretty happy with the projection. You know, I'd love to have what we thought we we're going to have to begin the year with, you know, 18, 16, 18 points coming out of the post every game. Um, but what I do like is that, Mariel's becoming more assertive. Devin's playing at a, you know, the highest level he's played at at UVA. London is finally, I think, playing like he's capable of. I, I don't want to make it sound like he played terrible, but he, he's taking, you know, he's taking shots he should take. He's being more aggressive. Um, and then I, I think a sneaky tidbit that we're missing in all the attention to Kyle Guy is how much better Todd Jerome has gotten over the last few weeks. Like when he comes in. He's good. He makes plays right away, goes back to the bench, and that's it. Um, I expect to see a lot more Ty as the season goes on, especially with our issues inbounding the ball with anyone not named London or Ty. <laughs> well, and, and Saturday was even with London. Uh, yeah, even with London. I yeah. think, uh, I, think I, I want to piggyback off two things you said before, before I push uh, Ferber um, into the spotlight. Yeah, give one, him some more time. <laughs> one was you were talking about, um, you know, uh, that – Guys are – let me take a step back. I think that as we look at this team, it's impossible to to look at them without comparing them to the ghost of this thing that could have happened. And I think that given the, the lack of scored in the post, I feel like one thing that we've said for weeks, right, has been you, you got to find a way to get it in different ways. 
And if Shayok is going to continue to 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 shoot the way he's shooting, and London's going to continue to like that's great because that's the way you have to do it. If you're not, you know, you're not going to get a lot of paint touches. You got to figure out ways to score points. Um, I think that it's it's probably not wise to think that London and Shayok are going to have games like they had Saturday. But they got almost nothing from Devin Hall that game, and they still were able to get a win on the road in the ACC. And what, I'm, and what I think is important here is because I, going into that game, Devin had been the basic MVP of this team. Now, London has certainly wrestled that over, at least in terms of, what you know, if I had a vote in this imaginary um, election. But I kind of feel like they're going to have to continue to get better defensively. And, and I don't necessarily mean they're going to start th- holding people to 40 points. Um, what I do mean is that, you you, you got to make it a little harder, and I think that one of the things that's frustrating for folks watching the game is it's it, the pack line always gives up long shots. What you ha- what you have seen pr- previously is guys closing out and getting there faster or at least um, closer to the catch, and so it makes the, the shot harder. And against Pitt, I, I mean, look, you, you, some of those shots I mean were just ridiculous, but I think overall what you're seeing is the teams are able to stay in a little bit more rhythm right now. Um, and, and that, I think, is, is, an, is a significant thing. Um, you can't play at Virginia's pace, even if you're scoring, and continue to give up points because all you're doing is letting the other team stay in rhythm. And then, they, then not only are you supposed to be efficient already, but now it's even more so, which is just nuts. So I think one of the things that this team, this team has to have is they have to be at least somewhat better defensively. Now, Tony made a good point Saturday. They made plays when they needed to make plays. Um, so even though they're not better, they're not as good defensively across the board as they have been in the past. They they still have moments, but to me, this team has to get better defensively, even if guys are going to break out more offensively. Um, before I share for like the prognosis portion of it, Ferber, what do you think? What's your general vibe for this team this season right now, and kind of where do you see things going beyond that? I feel pretty good about them. Um, I think they're a solid team. Um, they're a top. 20 team um i think that they can compete with anybody particularly at home uh, i think that they have some strengths that other teams will have trouble matching up with particularly just the amount of depth that they have especially in the backcourt um they obviously they still play more, some of the best defense in the country i don't think they're quite at the level they've been at in previous years but I mean, you got to keep in mind they're replacing one of the best teams in the history of the program and um, uh, one of the most impressive runs in the history of the conference um, as far as wins and losses in the league uh, by you know one group of players over two three years um, and and that was always going to be hard no matter no matter who was on the team or or you know what they thought they had going into the season. I mean, you got to, you know, people forget that Austin Nichols is gone. Um, and we don't really know what his role would have been, but that was a big piece to replace for sure, especially when you're relying on a guy like Jack Salt who hasn't played a ton uh, in the post. So um, I think that they're a good team. Um, I wouldn't say they're a great team yet. Uh, I think that they have the potential to get hot at the right time and be a really dangerous team. But I also think that they've shown some vulnerability at times, um, on you know, through – rough stretches on the offensive end or maybe just not being quite as sharp on the defensive end as they have been in the past. Um, and, and in close, low scoring games, I mean, those little mistakes, little deficiencies add up really quickly. So I think that they are on the right track. Uh, I think this week they need to take care of business. And then next week they have a huge opportunity at Notre Dame. And then 
not as big of an opportunity for for the conference, obviously, but that Louisville game, you know, it's a national TV game or at Villanova. I'm sorry, Villanova game, you know, national TV game. Um, good opportunity to kind of show everybody that they're still the Virginia that they've been um, recently. So we'll see. I think that's a good. That's also a, a good a good point. I I want to look a little bit into the future, and I think that to today's point about Ty Jerome, I I understand folks who are a little concerned about okay, can he be defensively the point guard that you need uh, in the ACC? But offensively, man, that kid he he has improved a lot. He still has moments. He had a he had a, he had a turnover where I think he got a little bit um, a little bit greedy on a drive and tried to dish back behind him. And and I, like I said in the in the rewatch, I would like to have a moratorium. When Virginia guards passing backwards to anyone who not anyone who is not officially a guard, um, because it just never seems to work out. Uh, but I think Ty's play at least has shown that he can um, that he can be better. Um, that that he can be better in a short amount of time. And I feel like when he's getting consistent minutes to start next season, I, I feel like he's going to be fine. I'm a little bit one. I, I'm not. I don't want to say worried. I'm definitely wondering what's going on with Kyle Guy. Um, because you know, before he got that start, he was having some good games, and he—I remember him coming to a press conference once, and he said he had talked to the coaching staff. Uh, he talked to uh, Jason Williford and Ron Sanchez, and basically said, "What can I do to help the team?" Not necessarily like asking for more minutes, but just asking what he could do to help. And I—I I, I don't want him to get lost in like maybe they don't need him as much um, because I think he was—he was developing at a nice clip. I would like to see him get some some decent minutes um, in the BC game. I think that would be good for him and good for the team. But going forward, I think that all three of the, the, the true freshmen, or excuse me, the freshmen that have played this year are definitely have their strengths and weaknesses, definitely have things that they have to improve on. So the future, at least in that respect, is is much more about potential than it is about um, clear direction, if that makes any sense. There's a difference to me than than saying, well, when Kyle Guy does X or when Ty Jerome does Y versus, hey, look at this kid. He's already good. You expect him to improve, but he doesn't have major shortcomings in his game. Um, the other piece that's, that's interesting to me is to look at this team and think about them without London. It's hard um, to think about Virginia basketball in general without London, but when you think about the future, I'm, I'm not saying I, I, I want to give up on the rest of the season or anything like that, but it's but but when you think about the future and 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 some of the um, potential skill sets that you can mesh together, it is pretty pretty impressive. The thing though that is going to be the the reason I bring that up in reference to this season is this team this year um, is in some ways playing for the future. I mean, they are a kind of a changing of the guard sort of team, right? But you do have a lot of upperclassmen who are making bigger contributions now. And I wonder if this isn't the start of something imp- important and what that means for this program, making the transition to the future a little bit easier. Um, you're not asking Kyle Guy to go out there and score 17, 18 a game and carry the team as a, as a true freshman, right? Um, you're not asking Mamadi Diakite to go out there and play you know, 15 minutes a game. Um, though if, if he's dialed in and he can, I think that's great for the team. I just kind of look at this team and I think, you know, there's so much parity in college basketball right now um, th- that the unknowns are, are just so dramatically large that, that when you have a, a group that does have some experience and, and, is, and clearly is, is finding some confidence on the offensive end, um, you, can, you can make some noise. So I don't think they're a great team, but I don't think there's any great teams 
uh, this season. I think there's just a, a handful of really good teams. There's a handful of potentially good teams, and then there's just a whole bunch of dudes uh, and a whole bunch of teams. Uh, and I think Virginia is a team that's very good, but it, that is good and and has the potential to be very good. But it's it's hard to get that and stick to it consistently. And I think that's the challenge for them, especially with this crazy stretch of games um, they got coming up. Uh, anything else for the good order before we wrap up? Uh, I'm sure after we talked up their offense, they're going to go out and lay like 37 points uh, <laughs> up in Boston. Anything else for the good order before we wrap up this week? Didn't you want to say something about football? Yeah, I don't need more. Um, we will talk wow. football recruiting next week uh, <laughs> after UVA's big weekend and as we get closer and closer to uh, signing day. Um, I doubt many people are tuning in for the podcast for football recruiting that's, talk. That's true. It's so. Um, orange, orange carpet week. want to thank everybody out there for giving us a listen as always want to thank everybody out there who um, chimes in gives us uh, feedback uh, positive and negative I appreciate that um, so feel free email is always open for the bad stuff good stuff you feel free to post on the board uh, for David Spence and Justin Ferber I'm Brad Franklin publisher of CapsCorn.com thanks for coming out we'll see you soon <laughs>